Hey, what it do? Welcome to another new episode of Locked On Bucks. On today's show, despite a triple-double from Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Bucks could not pull out a victory against the Pacers tonight, losing 122-113. to This loss to the Pacers snaps a 15-game home win streak for the Bucks. We're going to break down what we saw during this matchup, take a closer look at the role that each team's bench happened to play during this matchup, as well as look ahead to Wednesday's rubber match between these two teams. All of that and more coming up next. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Camille Davis, and you can catch me weekly on the Technical File Podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Joining me is longtime voice of the pod and founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. We appreciate you for tuning in to the podcast and thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast as well as on YouTube. Today's episode was brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We're going to talk a bit more about PrizePix later on, but first... We got to get into this game because although there were less theatrics in this particular matchup against the Pacers and what we saw the last time, it got a little chippy in the fourth quarter. But regardless of that, it ended with a Bucks L. It was too much Tyrese Halliburton and TJ McConnell down the stretch in the fourth quarter alone. TJ had 12 points and four assists. And then when Tyrese Halliburton came back in the game, about that seven and a half minute mark. He was able to drop nine points in that final frame to help tie the game up for the Pacers. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is probably the the best defense the Bucks have played against Tyrese Halliburton um, this season. And I think a lot of it goes to the fact that you're not seeing Brooke Lopez on Miles Turner when the starters are in. It's Giannis against Miles Turner, which means that they can switch the Miles Turner. Halliburton pick and rolls, which is the single most efficient pick and roll in basketball. I was looking at some of the second spectrum data today. Game Giannis are fourth. That pairing of, of Halliburton and Turner have been first, but you put Giannis on Turner and then you can switch the Tyrese Turner's pick and roll. Um, and we saw to start this game, Jalen Smith was the new fifth starter mm-hmm. for the Pacers and the Bucks were like, cool. Go ahead, shoot three-pointers. He was shooting, like, what, 60% from three or something on some really small volume. And the Bucks said, like, ah, that's fine. We don't, we're not worried about you, Brooke Lopez. You're going to defend Jalen Smith, but really just kind of hang back in the paint. And, um, you know, the the Pacers, they have, I mean, they basically the first half of that first game in Indiana, they shot the lights out. And since then, they really have not shot the ball particularly well from three at all. And tonight, they were horrendous. Bucks for the past month have been the luckiest team in basketball as far as teams just missing wide open three pointers. They follow we we follow up a six for forty three shooting fight from the Cavs on Friday. The only reason the Bucks won that game was because the Cavs couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. The only reason this game was close at all was because the Cavs couldn't hit the broadside of a barn five of thirty five. So to go eleven of to have your opponents go eleven of seventy eight over a two game span and be I think slightly outscored by maybe a point or two wherever it was. Um, not a good sign as far as kind of like, you know, kind of look at the fundamentals of the Bucks these last two games. I guess you take one win. I, I mean, you should have clearly won both games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this this is the Pacers just with the, you know, the things you can control, things you can't control. 
The things you can't control are whether your opponents make open threes. Mm -hmm. Pacers didn't do it at all tonight. And all the things that you can control, uh, the Pacers pretty much wrecked the Bucks in that department. And, you know, you just look at the bench performances. We've seen it all year. The, the Pacers bench has wrecked the Bucks bench. TJ McConnell, you know, I mean, Bucks couldn't defend TJ McConnell when Drew Holiday was on this team. <laughs> they certainly can't defend TJ McConnell now. Um, he, hey, he only had 16 points, Camille. It felt like he had a lot more than that. Um, but he was a plus 31 in 22 minutes, which is crazy. Crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, what was he minus 21 or something like that? Or no, I, I think he was, he, he was, he, he brought it back a lot, but yep, number of starters, stretch. yeah, a lot of their starters were big negatives tonight. Um, Turner was a minus 20, Nemhard minus 21. He only played eight minutes and he was a minus 21 before he left with an injury. Jalen Smith was minus 19, but Halliburton only minus five because again, the bench units just destroyed the Bucks bench unit. And, um, you know, again, it's some some familiar themes, certainly, mm -hmm. that we saw tonight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, like, you had a chance to win this game. And, you know, ultimately, I think the Pacers had a 116 offensive rating. That that should be enough for a Bucks team that has, you know, had the second-best offense in the league. You should be able to, especially against a Patriots team that defensively, obviously, has been bad all season. Right. But they battled, even without Bruce Brown, their best perimeter defender. Um, you know, they really battled, I think. Um, put pressure on Dame and, you know, Dame had a lot of good looks still. And, uh, you know, he just kind of laid an egg tonight, kept shooting it down the stretch. I don't know if he hit a shot in the fourth quarter. Um, and uh, again, I think they doubled Giannis enough to kind of take the ball out of Giannis's hands, try to make other guys beat them. And, uh, you know, Chris had a, another pretty solid, very, very solid offensive performance. Mm -hmm. um, but Dame three for 16 shooting, Again, like on a night when you need to outscore the other dudes, like that just wasn't enough. And again, we can kind of go down the list of the bench guys who also just struggled and had another kind of car crash of a night from a plus minus perspective, yeah. which I think was a, a pretty accurate reflection of the game. Absolutely. You mentioned the fact that we had a cold night from Dame, 3 of 16 from the field. You don't want to see 13 points on 16 attempts from Dame. Uh, one thing that was really interesting in his postgame comments, he mentioned the fact that, you know, every shot I was taking, it felt good coming off my hand. You know, sometimes when you're shooting, you can tell like, oh, this is not going. And he's like, it felt good. And he mentioned that a problem, well, I should say the word problem, but one thing that he's adjusting to right now is just not having the ball in his hands as often as he is used to. And he mentioned the fact that, you know, sometimes it's a bit harder uh, to get that natural rhythm to the game when you're just playing off ball and you're just doing catch and shoot uh, situations rather than trying to make something, you know, with your own hands here. And you saw it in the first quarter when Dame, the first quarter felt like a Dame quarter. He had the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, I believe he finished. He was two or four in the first quarter, had some assists, was moving the ball around pretty well. Um, and as the game went on, the shots just were not falling for him. He had some good looks, uh, but they just weren't happen to fall for him. So you hate to see that from Dame tonight. And it does give me some questions about what changes we might see going forward in the next matchup, which we can talk about a little bit later. But do want to shout out the fact that Giannis uh, had a triple-double tonight, 30 points, 18 rebounds, 11 assists. And it was interesting. I was wondering how the Pacers were going to try to defend Giannis, given the fact that he was coming into this Pacers game. So far this season, the previous three matchups, averaging 51 points, 12 rebounds, and 2.7 assists. So I figured we'd see some different coverage around Giannis, and the Pacers were far more aggressive in trying to double-team him. 
turn him into a passer, which he was willing to be. And he was also able to still pick his spot, still be aggressive. Um, it's just that, as you mentioned, the three-point shot wasn't falling super well for the Bucks, but luckily it wasn't falling for the Pacers either. Yeah, and I mean, Malik Beasley had a great start to this game. Yeah, he did. Um, in terms of hitting the outside shots. And, you know, I, I, I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm curious. I haven't looked in the box score or gone through the play-by-play, but, um, you know, he ends, ends the game four for eight from three and, and four for eight from the field overall in 37 minutes. So, I mean, he played a ton. He had five fouls, um, but he played a ton of minutes tonight. And I'm curious how many shots he hit after the first quarter, because it felt like pretty much all that stuff <laughs> was coming in the first like 15 minutes or so of the game. Um, so, yeah, I just felt like once Beasley's kind of initial hot streak wore off, um, there was just very little, you know, going from, from the Bucks in terms of three point shooting. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that we saw, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, the Pacers, again, we've seen them kill the Bucks in transition throughout mm-hmm. the season. I mean, that's why they've won three out of four. Um, and they've got a chance, you know, they're going home. They have a chance to make it four out of five, right? I mean, yep. um, Bucks have nine losses right now. They could be a 10th and four of them, if they lose this next game, would be coming from one team, right? Um, so the Pacers, you know, you come into this game after the kind of all the shenanigans from the last game, you know, Indiana wanted to win this game and send a message to the Bucks. And so I think for the Bucks to kind of lay an egg like this, I mean, it's pretty unimpressive, you know, yeah, it's a pretty it's a bad loss given what we said about the three point shooting. And, you know, the fact that you let them come into your building and just kind of take a game from you when, you know, obviously again, kind of some of the, the uncontrollable things kind of really went your way. So pretty, pretty unimpressed with, with this Bucks performance again, coming back from a road trip, you know, I say, Oh, first game back from a road trip, blah, 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 whatever, you know, like, you're supposed to be better than this. You won whatever it was, mm-hmm. however many straight games at home. Um, and so I think a, a pretty, you know, pretty uninspired way to lose the game. And I thought they were, they just looked deathly afraid of even trying to play with pace in the fourth quarter because they just looked like so afraid of giving opportunities for the Pacers to get going and transition the other way. So it felt like the Bucks felt like they had to slow the game down significantly and then again, like the offense just really felt like it was in cement for periods there in the fourth quarter, you know, like they were barely getting, you know, Giannis was like barely getting the ball over the court, you know, off a uh, pass mid court um, in time to beat an eight second clock. It seemed like that mm-hmm. happened like every time down the floor. And so you're getting into your actions late. Um, and again, with Dame struggling, um, you know, it was just tough. And you know, Giannis, again, it's like, you know, this is why Giannis is obviously far and away the best player on this team. This is why he's the MVP candidate of this team. This is why he's the all NBA guy, right? Like every night he gives you this, this kind of effort. And so, I mean, we got to give Giannis a shout out. I mean, he was 0 for 6 outside of the, outside of the restricted area tonight. And he still scores 30 points, 18 rebounds, 11 assists, a couple blocks and a steal. Um, you know, he, he gives you such a high floor night in and night out. Mm-hmm. And again, a team like Indiana, obviously, like they don't really have the individual guys to to stop him, um, but they doubled him a lot, made yep. him have to give it up. He did, and other guys, you know, for long stretches tonight, did did punish opponents, did punish the Pacers when they sent that extra help uh, against Giannis. Um, but this is why he's obviously a much better player than Damian Lillard, right? Because Dame's done this pretty regularly. He lays these eggs, and as a guy who's obviously dependent on his jump shot makes sense that it's going to happen more often. And so again, it just seems like, you know, when the Bucks lose, obviously 
you know, you we're used to seeing kind of these games where Giannis night in and night out, he's the guy putting up the big numbers. And then it really just depends on how much help he's getting right. Um, in terms of kind of like establishing how high the buck ceiling can go. And we've seen when Dame and Chris are both playing well, obviously the ceiling is super high tonight, you know, Dame lays an egg and, you know, you put up a, whatever it was like a one Oh eight offensive rating right. against one of the worst defenses in, uh, in basketball, which again, like that's uh that's just a too bad, too bad. So sad. Take the L here. And now you got to go into their building and, and try to turn it around when, Again, you certainly don't expect them to shoot as poorly as they did. And yeah, obviously the Bucks didn't shoot well either, 10 out of 40. Um, but, you know, again, like uh, that's that's on you, right? You still you still had a plus five advantage from the three-point line. Um, you know, the luck was, was in your favor in that regard and kind of all the other phases of the game. Free throws, they had, took 38 free throws compared to 26. Um, they only turned it over seven times. Bucks only had 11 turnovers. Felt like a lot more just given, given the transition that we saw, especially in the second quarter when things just really got out of hand with transition and in Indiana fought their way back into the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much kind of all the other phases of the game, offensive mm-hmm. rebounding as well. I think they had over 20 second chance points, um, yep. 30% rebound rate offensively for Indiana. Again, kind of a similar story to what we've seen all year, right? Bucks just mm-hmm. are no longer a good defensive rebounding team, or at least not an elite defensive rebounding team. So, um, you know, whatever advantage you had there from the three point line, you just give right back with transition stuff, free throws, turnovers, and the offensive glass. Right. So again, a lot of those issues that, that we've seen kind of all season cropping up and, you know, again, you got enough from, from Giannis and Chris as well, 21 points on 13 shots. You know, again, you, you tell me you got, we were going to get those numbers. You felt like, okay, you know, Indiana goes five for 35, real pretty, pretty good. You're going to be able to scrounge out a win. And, but then again, I'm looking at the, the bench unit and mm-hmm. some of the plus minus numbers there. And you're crazy. <laughs> some of them are just, I think it just reflected like how much more energetic and under, you know, both energetic and under control at the same time, the Indiana bench was led by TJ McConnell, our, our old friend. The buck kept the bucks killer at this point, uh, just to add some additional context to some of those numbers, the Bucks did give up 14 offensive rebounds tonight, 24 second chance points. And with both teams shooting poorly from three, the Pacers more so than the Bucks. It's unusual to see that between these two teams because they are two of the better three-point shooting teams in the league. Both entered into the game. Top five, three-point percentage field goals. And Indy, as you mentioned, went 14% from the three tonight, while the Bucks went 25%. Both teams average about 38% uh, from three so far this season. So, yeah, a tough shooting night. And as we've already alluded to, the Bucks bench came up short against the Pacers. And that seems to be somewhat of a trend so far in these matchups against this team in particular. And something we've seen with the Bucks as well throughout the season. So, want to dive a little bit deeper into those numbers and trends that we've seen from the Pacers and the Bucks and the bench matchups right after this. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. I know why that is. I'm a Prize Picks player and it truly is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because again, you don't have to worry about battling against thousands of other players or sharks or pros, whatever the case, because it's just you against the numbers. With prize picks, you're just picking more than or less than on two to six different player stat projections, and then you can just watch all those winnings roll in. 
if you're an everyday listener, you've heard me say this before. And I'm going to say it again. I'm saying it every time because I'm about my coins. <laughs> so when I win, I want my money immediately. And hey, that's why Prize Picks is great as well. They have really quick withdrawals. You can get your money quick, plus easy gameplay, plus enormous selection of players and stat types. It all adds up to make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, head over to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Thank you to everyone who tunes in to Locked On Bucks. We truly appreciate it. A special shout out to all those everydayers who tune in Monday through Friday. If you enjoy what we do here on Locked On Bucks, I got to put you up on something else that you can enjoy here. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you with 24-7 coverage of all the top sports stories of the day. And it's brought to you by all the local experts of Locked On. Plus, you can see our national shows that cover every league. So make sure you head over to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to that first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, we mentioned the bench wasn't great production for the Bucs tonight, and that's been the case in three of the last four matchups against the Pacers. So that bench play went just beyond points, but to look at the points first, tonight the Pacers bench scored 70 points. Meanwhile, the Bucks only had 16. And as I mentioned, this trend continued. The third game against these two teams, the Pacers had 61 from their bench. The Bucks had 28 from theirs. Game two, the Pacers had 33 from their bench. The Bucks only had 13. And this has been a trend where when you're not getting that production from the bench, it, it can be tough sailing for the Bucks. And in this game in particular, where it was so strange, given the fact that the Bucks starters just outplayed the Pacers starters so much. And then the bench play was just so backwards between these two teams. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's like part of the story is, is three point shooting I mean, Bobby's four for 12, 0 for four from three um, campaign over two Pat Connaughton one for three. So, you know, Banner, that was pretty much Pat's season average in terms of three-point shooting. Um, but, you know, I think I, I think there's probably, gonna, I think understandably frustration, you know, Pat, his three-point percentage this year has been kind of low 30s. Um, you know, I think Pat does other stuff. Uh, but I get it, right? Especially on a night like this, you know, we got Andre Jackson, who's like the king of like bad plus minus at this point. <laughs> like <laughs> he was a minus 12 in five minutes. TJ McConnell roasted him embarrassed him a couple times. Um, you know, I know we've been, I'd say like most Bucks fans trying to say like, Hey, can we get, you know, more, more Andre Jackson looks, um, you know, I think at this point, like he's a negative night in and night out, you know? Um, so I, I, I get it. I get the, the fact that he's had a little bit shorter leash, um, because they're just not good when he's on the floor, even when he's playing with, with good players. Um, but I think fair to ask, you know, where, where Marjan Bochamp was on a night like this, um, you know, again, just given that he does bring some athletic juice that the Bucks, obviously, you know, especially with Andre struggling to to make a positive impact um, to get somebody out there. Um, I was I honestly wondered if we were going to see campaign at all in the second half of this game. Uh, you know, he was really good in Brooklyn last week. He was terrible in the first half uh, on Friday against the Cavs, had like three turnovers in like three minutes or something. Mm -hmm. Cavs went on a big run. 
And tonight he was really bad in the first half again. And I thought, like, is this going to be another situation where Adrian Griffin says, like, all right, Cam, you know, short leash. I'm going to run with, you know, basically the, like, Chris plus bench guys early in the fourth quarter. And I'm just not going to play you at all when Dame's getting rested in the first half of the fourth quarter. Um, I think we did see him um, a bit again. He played 12 minutes minus 13. Um, but you know, again, like, especially when the defense has been such a problem in the perimeter defense in particular, um, you know, cam's got to be really good offensively to justify like being out there. And so again, we'll see, I think it's an interesting question. You know, we'll see kind of what happens in this next game, obviously a quick turnaround. He's played the Pacers again. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you can point plenty of fingers in terms of the bench units and, I mean, hopefully when Jay Crowder comes back, you know, he's going to be effective right away um, because I think he does open up some things in terms of how they can play uh, defensively, especially just, you know, the fact that they have not been able to play small with Giannis at center at all um, since he's gotten hurt and he does unlock some lineup potential there. Uh, but it's interesting, you know, when you look at who plays night in and out, I mean, tonight it was a nine man rotation and okay. So how is Jay Crowder getting minutes? In this scenario, I think, you know, obviously we can say, well, Pat Connaughton maybe doesn't play 24 minutes, but probably the obvious thing would just be, you know, is Malik Beasley playing 37 minutes on a night like this uh, when you've got, you know, more options that that you might trust more defensively. And again, not that Jay's playing shooting guard or something like that, but, um, you know, again, I think one thing that I felt watching these last few games is we've obviously been focusing a lot on Chris Middleton's offense and how much more comfortable he's looked from a scoring and playmaking perspective. Um, but I think defensively as well, I don't know. He just seems to me to be moving better moving overall. Well. And um, not that Chris is going to be some kind of stopper or something like that, but um, I, I, don't, I don't have any qualms playing Chris Middleton over Malik Beasley, um, you know, in terms of defensively, I think Chris is certainly, you know, a, a higher IQ defender than, than bees and, and he's taller too, which again, even though he may be, well, I don't know. Is, is Chris actually worse laterally than Malik Beasley? Malik is not is pretty damn bad in that regard yeah. too. Um, but at least Chris is taller. Um, which you know, in the grand scheme of the universe, like when in doubt, pick the taller guy. Uh, especially on defense, that's generally a pretty good rule um, in the NBA. So, uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Kind of you know, kind of if if we maybe get some different looks um, in this Pacer game here coming up, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, like the Pacers have outplayed them, you know, throughout this season series so far. And, you know, the fact that it's three, one, I mean, I can't really complain too much. I think Indiana has been a better team over these four games and it's kind of like, you know, bucks need to look at the mirror a little bit and just figure out like, you know, okay, how are you going to like get back on defense? How are you going to rebound on the defensive end? You know, like do basic basketball stuff that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do, because if you do that, then you're going to have a, you know, you might actually start to win some games against this team that has a far worse record than you. But um, unfortunately, they uh, they just have not looked like a team that's been comfortable playing against the Pacers at all at all this year. Yeah, they haven't so far this year. And it was interesting coming to this game as well because Marjan was a, a scratch coming into the game. Like he oh, was, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. He was like a later scratch no, coming into COVID illness. Okay. You're, you're yeah, right. With the, yeah. yeah, with the illness. So they scratched him from this game. So I'm not sure if we'll see him on Wednesday or not. But 
you saw they they missed having another body to be able to throw out there tonight and not having Marjan. It actually led, in my opinion, to just more minutes for the starters, which we've talked about before as well, where we're just not going to lean as much on the bench tonight. We're just going to give the starters more minutes. And you see that Giannis played 37 along with Malik Beasley. Brooke Lopez and Dane both played 38 minutes tonight. So, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, hey, the bench we weren't getting too much from. We had 12 minutes from campaign, five from Andre Jackson Jr. We're just going to ride our starters out and see how this goes. And in this particular game, the starters were giving more juice to the game. They were giving you the best chance to win. So I can see why Adrian Griffin would do that. But again, I'm seeing these high minute totals for Brooke Lopez. We know he's been an Ironman and everything of that sort, but He's an older guy at this point, and I just – it's the minute load at this point in the season. I would love to see that be able to come down. I'm hoping that when we do get Jay Crowder back into the rotation, another big to kind of throw in there, do some more small ball combinations, we might see those numbers continue to decrease for him as well. But, yeah, tough game for the Bucks tonight, but at least you don't have to wait too long to see the Pacers again. Uh, the good? final regular season matchup between these two teams is going to take place on Wednesday for the fifth time again. Normally it's four games in the season, but the in-season tournament gave us an extra game with the Pacers so far this year. So as we wrap up here today, we're going to look at if there are any other adjustments that the Bucks could make, should make, things we might want to see in the final regular season matchup against the Pacers on Wednesday right after this. The NFL regular season is wrapping up. We are heading into the final week. And if you're in Wisconsin, it's a big week. Bears-Packers is going to mean a lot because if the Packers win, they are in. And with all of this action that's heating up, make sure you get on in on that action with FanDuel as well, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. I'm going to repeat that back for you. 150 bucks in the bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, that's guaranteed. The app is super easy to use, and there are a lot of different ways to bet, like same or live same game parlays. You can check out the fine bets in the new Explore tab. You can also make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find more popular parlays in case you don't want to put one together yourself. You can use a pre uh concocted one and they have a lot more options on FanDuel as well so make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup FanDuel official partner of the NFL all right fifth time fifth and final regular season matchup taking place in Indy on Wednesday as I mentioned listen the Pacers actually have clinched the season series victory against Milwaukee already by this point. This is the first time the Pacers have done this since the 2017-18 season when they won three or four against the Bucks. So with this fifth and final matchup coming up on Wednesday, Frank, is there anything different you hope to see outside of the Bucks just like making more three-point shots um, in the upcoming game? Um, you know, like I mentioned, I think the Giannis on, on Turner adjustment that we've seen really the last couple of games, I think is, you know, probably the most single most important thing you can do just to try to slow down um, the Halliburton Turner pick and roll, like at least mm -hmm. force Halliburton to try to run it with somebody else. Um, you know, like I said, I might try to put, you know, Chris on Halliburton a little bit just to throw him some different looks. Um, I think, you know, running, running zone, I think at times, especially if the Pacers continue to shoot poorly from three um, is, is a totally fine, you know, thing to to do just to try to 
um, take away just sort of like the normal rhythms of them being able to attack and pick and roll. And, and again, because to me, that's like the most important thing with trying to contain Halliburton is just like, how do you stop him from just being able to play his normal pick and roll game? Because we've seen it like, you know, when he gets to his floaters um, or his little dump offs to Turner, like, you know, that there's a reason those guys are, you know, the the single best um, combination in terms of, of pick and roll efficiency. So I think it kind of starts with that. And then, you know, again, we can talk about, you know, what we would do rotation wise to try to kind of slow, slope the Pacers down a little bit. Um, but, you know, again, like I, in general, like overall, this isn't like the minute allocations rotations. I, I haven't had really that big of a problem with, with anything that Adrian Griffin's done. You know, I think we can talk about trying to get more run for the young guys and, and Andre and, and Marjan, um, which, you know, is fair, but like, I don't think that's a uniquely like Adrian Griffin problem. Like that's pretty much what fans want from like every coach in every city coaching for every team. Right. Like it's the same, same story. We always want to kind of see those younger guys get a little bit more of a shot. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know if there's some, again, some like huge, you know, adjustment that needs to be made. I am curious if, um, if the Pacers are going to start Jalen Smith again, or if they go, a different direction. We saw Buddy Heald start the second half. He healed over six in this game. Benedict Matherin was right. great and Heald was scoreless. So that was probably like the weirdest thing. Buddy Heald feeling very left out um, of the bench break brigade uh, in Indiana, kind of running, running riot over the Bucks. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, less campaign probably would, would make the field a bit better, but um, you know, that obviously requires you to kind of do some different things and play without a point guard. Uh, a bit more. And again, I don't, I'm sure we're going to see campaign get his normal run early in the second quarter on Wednesday. Um, but I think especially if you can start to phase him out of like your fourth quarter, like crunch time type, you know, when the game's actually close, like not having to play him in the fourth quarters, I think is probably something that, that I would like to see. Cause again, I just don't see that being something in the playoffs that you're going to want to be doing much in, you know, early and fourth quarters, having campaign out there with, you know, the Bucks other kind of relatively poor perimeter defenders. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Play better, right? I mean, yeah. the best, best, adjustment, best adjustment you can make, um, try on defense, run back and transition, get off, get defensive rebounds. Like, you know, there's my, my killer insight. Sorry, guys, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's just, just got to play better. Yeah, and the lineup thing that you mentioned about the Pacers is interesting as well. The Bulls game, I believe it was, last week, they made a lineup change moving Buddy Hield and Obi Toppin to the bench in order to bring Neesmith and Jalen Smith in to try to get a little bit more defense into that starting lineup. We'll see if they continue rolling that out uh, against us on Wednesday. I would assume so, uh, given the fact that this is how they've been playing the last couple of games, but it'll be interesting to see if they do make any changes, but having Buddy Hill move to the bench brigade, you mentioned that he was 0 of 6 tonight. You don't expect to see that from Buddy Hill too often. So that's something that you can't count on. Got to make sure that you're playing smart there. But for me, one thing in particular. uh, The only only thing I would say too is like, I I felt Giannis was holding onto the ball a little bit too much when some of the doubles were coming. Like, and again, like I'm not going to complain too much. I mean, Giannis of all people was not the problem tonight, obviously by any stretch, but you know, and he had 11 assists. So obviously, he was passing. Um, but I think there were times where he held onto the ball a little bit too much, was trying to do a little too much when, you know, out on the perimeter, there were a couple turnovers he had um, where it felt like, you know, if he just gives the ball up and just, you know, have faith that you're going to get it back and going to get opportunities, 
um, that probably would have been better off, uh, a better thing for the Bucks offense. But anyway, sorry, Camille. No, you're good uh, because I want to talk about his running mate, his old school running mate, Chris Middleton. You mentioned how we've gotten used to seeing that Chris would bench lineup, and to start the second quarter, I assume like, hey, we're going to get more of the bench plus Chris, but we didn't see it to start the second. We saw it in the fourth to start, but not in the second. And I think those are also minutes where if you can just have Chris Middleton out there with those bench units, those bench heavy units, it can help stabilize just a bit more uh, than than not having him out there. So I would love to see a little bit more Chris. Uh, with those bench lineups going forward on Wednesday. And, I mean, like you said, just just play a little bit better. Uh, One thing that Malik Beasley said after, I believe it was the Cavs game, that was really interesting to me. But he mentioned, like, hey, if you look at the stat sheet, and I I only have, like, four or five shots, like, the ball wasn't moving enough on offense. And I I agree with that, Malik. And we saw tonight he had, I believe, eight three-point attempts tonight. Um, They weren't falling, but... Just continue to see the ball move for the Bucks in the next game. Would love to see that. Keep shooting. Keep doing what you do. Just play a little bit tighter. I did enjoy the switching um, that they were doing for a bit on defense tonight. But, yeah, just play a little bit better because you can't expect the Pacers to come out again and shoot this poorly from three. So you got to tighten up, be ready to go. And the Pacers came out playing physical tonight as well. So be ready to match that on Wednesday since – they probably saw that last game where Giannis had 64 and Bucks were the more physical team saying, hey, we're going to come out, establish ourselves as well. So looking to see how that physicality lines up as well during Wednesday's matchup. But one one stat to throw at you, Camille, on the topic of Chris and kind of the bench unit. So Chris plus Brooke, but without Dame and Giannis, um, mm-hmm. plus 6.4 um, net rating this year. And it's offense has not been good with with that that group but the defense has been very good so you know again like pretty much anything like anything you can do where you can stay afloat without Damon Giannis I mean again typically you want to be able to stagger those guys pretty much most of the game and and not have to you know kind of play any extended stretches without them I think Giannis came back pretty early in the fourth quarter in this one um but uh yeah I mean I, I think becomes less of an issue in the playoffs where those guys, the minute loads are kind of higher and higher, but mm-hmm. um, you know, still have more than half a season left here. So you got to get there first and obviously kind of figuring out how you stagger guys and kind of paper over um, things is, is important. And, you know, you mentioned Brooke, I mean, he's, he's playing now 31 minutes a game. That's even higher than he played last year, which was the most that he played in the butt era. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think Brooke has missed a game this year. Uh, which, you know, again, is remarkable that he's been healthy enough and durable enough that he's continuing to be able to do this night in and night out. Three-point percentage has been a bit down after a pretty good start to the year. Um, so, again, we can kind of, like, speculate, right? Is Does he need a, a lower workload to maybe help his efficiency a bit? Um, that could be something to, to think about because, again, he's he's having to defend the rim more than, than ever. He's yep. averaging, I think, 15 contested Two's per game, <laughs> yeah, which is like four more than Chet Holmgren, who's number two. So I mean, he's it's he's just been kind of under assault um, in the paint, and again, we saw it again tonight, like just big paint numbers um, from the other team. And again, I think that's a perimeter defense problem. That's not a Brook Lopez problem, but yeah. um, you know, again, it it puts a pr- ton of pressure on him. He had four blocks tonight, but um, you know, it's it, all his blocks, you know, in a way, are probably indicative of the fact that he's just having to do so much defensively, right? 
if he was at two blocks a game, maybe that'd probably be a better sign <laughs> in some respect that he wasn't having to, to contest as many shots. But it's a few, this is kind of where they are right now. Yeah, we can only do what we can in the moment. So that that's the situation that Brooke Lopez finds him in at, at the moment. But like we mentioned, I hope that the minute low can come down for him eventually, uh, because I, I'm I just that's what makes me the most uncomfortable. It's just the the workload that's been on his back so far. But we'll leave it here for today. Make sure that you go check out Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Again, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So you might as well go and check that out after we close here. For Frank and myself, we're going to catch you later. Take care and Happy New Year, everybody.